Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical. Medical plans underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. A courageous young man battles against his poor health. He just wanted to be normal. It was hard for him to shoot insulin into his body. If he didn't, he would be really sick. Then, in the middle of the night, he vanishes. It seemed to be suspicious. Nobody had heard from Bear. Investigators soon realize nothing is adding up. Bear left that night either with someone or against his will. And a different local missing person case raises even more questions. This boy's name was Elijah. And I go, wow, maybe there's a connection. Leaving everyone desperate for answers. I can't sit in the past and think about things that were. I just would like to have closure. August 29th, 2015. It's a warm, humid evening in El Cajon, California, a small city that lies in a valley between San Diego and the Peninsula mountain ranges beyond. 20-year-old Elijah Bear Diaz is getting a ride home from his mom, Leilani, after spending time with their extended family. August 29th was a Saturday. We, as a family, spent the day at a funeral. We did not take Bear with us because of the wounds on his feet, and he needed to rest. After the funeral, I contacted Bear, and he wanted me to come down and pick him up. In recent weeks, Bear has been suffering from neuropathy, a complication of type 1 diabetes that has caused painful blisters and sores on his feet. When I picked him up, he was already agitated. I don't know what he was upset about. The kids playing in the pool and the screaming was aggravating to him, and he wanted me to take him home. Bear did struggle with depression. You're sick, your friends are out running around doing their thing. He wished things were different. Bear has suffered from health issues for most of his life. He was diagnosed with incurable type 1 diabetes when he was just six years old. We noticed that he was lethargic, complained of headaches, and when he started throwing up, that's when I decided to take him to the hospital. His blood sugar was 863. Somebody who does not have diabetes, their blood glucose level should be between 80 and 120. 
They were surprised that he was able to walk in. He should have been in a coma at that point. Bear needed to take insulin three times a day. He took two different types of insulin that were mixed. So that's check your sugar, you eat, you go play for a couple hours, come back in, check your sugar, you eat, you know, with injections each time. Without any insulin, Bear could suffer from severe headaches and uncontrolled vomiting, potentially requiring emergency medical treatment. It was hard for him to shoot insulin into his body. I mean, he would hurt, and if he didn't take his insulin, he would be really sick. He asked me one time when he wouldn't have to take the shots anymore. Something that doesn't go away, you have to do it forever. Leilani was a single mom at the time, with two more kids to look after as well. Bear's older sister, Miranda, and his younger brother, Stephen. I left my children's father in 2000. They were six, four, and two. Looking for a fresh start, Leilani decided to move the family from Riverside County back to the Barona Indian Reservation in the foothills of San Diego, where she grew up. We are Kumeyaay Indians. They are the San Diego Mission Indians. Living on an Indian reservation, you have neighbors that are your cousins. Your neighbors could be your aunt and uncle. I live a mile and a half from my mom and dad. Despite his diagnosis, Bear was determined to live as regular a life as possible. Bear was always on the go. He was just going to go out and enjoy life. He just wanted to be normal. When he was maybe 10 to about 15 years old, surfing was his thing. He would be out surfing hours on end. He learned to play guitar in high school. Very talented, just kind of naturally picked it up. Proud mommy moment. <laughs> I met him at El Capitan High School. I was a sophomore and he was a freshman. And from day one, we just clicked. It felt like he was my long lost brother. And we'd come up here to Brona and go to his mom's house. We'd go adventure. He had a rhino and a dirt bike. We would just go off in the hills and have fun and be young and kids. Bear's childhood was also plagued by regular doctor's appointments and hospital stays as he struggled to control his illness. Between the ages of eight and nine, he was probably hospitalized seven or eight times a week or more for the stay. This really affected him in school. When he was 17, he was in the hospital about five months out of the whole year. It was really, really difficult for him. So we went ahead and allowed him to just get his GED. I hated watching him go through his phases. I mean, I always stood by his side to make sure he was gonna do what he needed to do to be better. He wasn't happy, he wasn't comfortable. He didn't want people to see him like that. But Bear's mom, Leilani, stuck by him no matter what. I don't think that Bear and I had a normal mother-son relationship. I think that we are much closer. We did a lot of things together. He called me for everything, he would check in. He always wanted to know that I knew he was okay. At the age of 18, Bear decided it was time to find some independence. Barona has a casino. Each tribal member is given a piece of the profit every month. For the adults, that's in the form of a paycheck. For anybody under the age of 18, it goes into the trust fund. 
Bear wanted to move away from the reservation. Living on the reservation, there's nothing up here. We have to go seven miles into town to get groceries, to get gasoline, to do anything that you would do in your day-to-day -day life. When Bear was looking for a home, he chose El Cajon. The city of El Cajon lies 20 minutes southwest of the Barona Reservation. He had friends that lived in El Cajon. Everything was all centralized. It was the ideal location in his eyes. We looked at a couple houses together, and then he told me he found a house. He wanted to just try something new, so he did. Bear's trust fund was enough that he was able to purchase the home cash, done, no mortgage. He collected a monthly check from the reservation, anywhere from six to $10,000. The teenager wanted to share his home with people his own age. And it wasn't long before he made some new friends at a local hookah lounge. The hookah lounge scene, it's a meeting place for kids. It's a place to congregate, talk, and they have hookah, which is a water pipe where they put flavored tobaccos in and they smoke. I was happy that he had new friends, that he was going to start a new life. There was always a lot of people at his house. Always. There was never a dull moment. When the hookah lounge closed, they all just migrated to his house and kept smoking hookah and talking about nothing. He had several large TVs in his home. He bought several cars. He bought a brand new Jeep. But he was very generous with his family and his friends. He paid for a lot of stuff, for random people, for his friends especially. He was basically, if you needed somewhere to sleep, he would let you stay the night. He had no problem with letting anyone in. But over the last six weeks, Bear has been struggling to keep up with his social life. He hated checking his sugars. He got to the point where he could guess how much insulin to do just by how he felt. At the age of 20, he had neuropathy and cataracts, the wounds on his feet. He was possibly heading towards amputation. He could lose his eyesight. You know, these are things that a young man doesn't, you know, want to experience, of course. He had big dreams. He wanted to just go out and explore and enjoy life to the fullest. But as his condition worsened, Bear was forced to give up his newfound independence. I was keeping him company, cleaning and redressing his wounds, taking him for a drive to get him out of the house, taking him out to eat. I was with Bear for five to eight hours every single day. On that muggy August night, Leilani and Bear arrive at Bear's house in El Cajon at 10 p.m. No one else is at home. I went inside and I was talking with him, trying to help him hold on to what the future still had to hold. He was in a rough place at that moment, but his feet were getting better. Leilani suggests it might be time for another change. Let's go enroll you in school so you can find some new friends with common interests. He was already agitated. Conversation got a little heated, but my purpose was just trying to get him to hold on to that hope. But Bear wasn't in the mood to talk about it. During our discussion, he was very confrontational. He was yelling at me, telling me I didn't understand. He wished that he was healthy. He wished that he had friends that were able to hang out. He yelled at me a lot that night. 
Leilani decides to give her son some time to cool off. I walked away about 10.30 that night, locking him in his house, and I left. When I got home, I texted him and told him that I made it home safely and maybe he should take some Advil and lay down and watch a movie to relax. He wrote back right away. He said, okay, mommy, I love you. That was the last that I heard from him. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Janice from Warner Brothers Discovery. Have you ever heard the expression, perfect is the enemy of good? I think about that a lot, especially when it comes to my body and health, because perfect does not exist. It's a total trap. Noom isn't into this perfection thing either. Its unique approach is tailored to each person's psychology and biology. From coaching to recipes, Noom's app provides personalized information to help you on your journey, no one else's journey. I also think it's great that Noom doesn't restrict what you can eat, and it doesn't shame you for treating yourself. And treat yourself, you should. What's more, Noom's approach is grounded in science. They've even published more than 30 peer-reviewed scientific articles about how they work. To date, Noom has helped more than 5.2 million people lose weight by helping them build new habits for a healthier lifestyle. So why not give it a try? Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com. And check out Noom's first-ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for 100 healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. August 30th, 2015. After an emotional discussion the previous night with her eldest son, Bear, about his future... Leilani Thompson is hopeful that this day will be a better one for them both. When I left Bear on Saturday night, I let him know I would be back. I woke up the next morning, text Bear asking him what he wanted for lunch. He didn't respond. I wrote back and asked if he was still mad at me, and he still doesn't respond. Undeterred by Bear's silence, Leilani drives 20 minutes across town to his house 
I assumed he was sleeping. I didn't really get worried about that at all. I just figured I would show up and he would be happy to see me. She arrives at her son's place around 3.30 p.m. Bear's car is parked in the driveway. When I got to the house, I let myself in just like I always did. When I got to Bear's room, the door was also locked. I went ahead and opened the door. He was nowhere to be seen. I started wondering if he had hurt himself. The idea of someone hurting themselves or taking their own life is all too raw for Leilani. When Bear was eight years old, Leilani married her second husband, Donald Thompson, and welcomed Donald's five children into her extended family. Jacob was Donald's second youngest son. Jacob and Bear had a loving relationship. They were both just fun-loving, happy, carefree kind of guys. There was quite a few years between them, but I think Jacob took a lot of time to spend with Bear. Less than a year earlier, Jacob committed suicide. When we discovered that Jacob was gone, I know that it affected Bear strongly that his brother was no longer with us. Concerned for his welfare, Leilani begins an urgent search of Bear's bedroom. I got scared. So I started searching the closets, the bathroom, so everything in and out, trying to just hopefully find him. And it's not just Bear's unexplained absence that disturbs her. I found that his TV was missing. His bed had been stripped. His pillows and a blanket were on the ground. I didn't know what to think. It's one thing to take off with your friends. You would maybe grab a blanket and pillow if you were gonna sleep on the couch. You would not take your TV. His backpack, his crutches, and the money from his safe were all gone. Leilani knows that Bear always kept his wallet in his backpack and tried to hide the fact that he also kept money in his room. But his spending habits revealed that he was someone with access to cash. Bear had a privileged lifestyle with the money coming in from the casino and being a single young man. He didn't have a lot of expenses. He was able to buy a lot of toys that he was looking forward to using. He remodeled the house quite a bit. He did have money in the safe. It was maybe $7,000. Beginning to panic, Leilani finds one of Bear's roommates who has appeared in the kitchen. The roommates either worked at the hookah lounge or they went and hung out there. One of his roommates had come home about 2 o'clock, 2.30 in the morning, and noticed that Bear's door was closed, which is completely normal. He believed that Bear was still in his room sleeping or watching TV. He says he hadn't seen Bear or heard him leave. When I didn't find him in his house, I did call his cell phone a couple times to see where he was. But there's still no response. Holding out hope for a reasonable explanation, Leilani decides to wait until the following morning to resume the search for her son. The next day, he had doctor's appointments. And if he were to have left the house to get away from me, he still would have gone to the doctor. Doctor visits were a very common place in Bear's life, and he understood the importance. I drove to his chiropractic appointment, which was the first appointment for the day. 
So I went ahead and went in and spoke to the receptionist. She said that Bear hadn't arrived. Later that day, Leilani shows up at another scheduled doctor's appointment. But again, there's no sign of her son. I had no idea where Bear was. My daughter and I went to the local sheriff's department. They took a report by hand, simply said, I'll file this later. He's an adult. He's got money. It's not illegal for a young man to take a time out from life. And I was told that more than 90% of them turn up quickly. With that thought that, you know, he was mad at me, maybe he just took off. Maybe he's hanging out with some friends for a little bit. I had that hope, that expectation that he was just going to come back. Within 48 hours of her son's disappearance, Leilani's concern intensifies. She suspects he has a maximum of two to three weeks' worth of medical supplies in his backpack. His health was bad. He was physically uncomfortable. His body ached. She begins to contact as many of Bear's friends as she can. I got the text message from Lonnie asking me if I've seen Bear. I said, I haven't, but if I see him, I will keep in contact with you and let you know. I did call everybody. I sent them text messages if I couldn't reach them by phone. Facebook is a wonderful thing, Instagram. You can reach so many people so fast and spread the word of almost anything. And I cried out, you know, I can't keep this to myself anymore. If anybody knows who picked up Bear, took him anywhere, they needed to contact me. With no leads to go on, Leilani pins her hopes to one final event that Bear would never voluntarily miss out on, the annual powwow at the Barona Reservation, due to be held the following weekend. A powwow is a gathering of Native culture, reservations, tribes from all over the country, there's a powwow almost any weekend during the summer months. We have Saquon, we have Viejas, we have a lot of different tribes. They get together and it's a native dance, singing, their culture and their heritage. Bear loved the powwow. He loved all the cultural events. We do a lot of things as a community here on the reservation. With no sign of her son for a week, the powwow weekend finally arrives. I had a special table outside of my booth, and I had set up a missing persons poster. Was trying to get the word out, keep an eye open for my son. But to her dismay, Bear never shows up. So your thoughts start to wonder as to, well, what really happened? Now that he's been missing for more than a week, his mother must face a grim prospect. We started thinking the possibility that somebody had murdered him Twenty-year-old Elijah Bear Diaz has been missing for over a week. He was last seen at his home in El Cajon, California. His mother Leilani is deeply concerned about her son's poor health and him not having access to his medicine or appropriate medical care. He saw four to five doctors at any given time, usually two to three doctor's appointments in a week. He did not feel healthy. He did not feel good. He was way underweight, and we needed to put weight on him. Fearing the worst, Bear's mother, Leilani Thompson, makes a renewed call for help from police. 
We originally talked to Leilani approximately a week after Bear had been reported missing. He didn't make it to Powa, which he never misses. He didn't pick up his check from the Barona Reservation, which is very unusual. He always picked it up on time. It seemed to be suspicious. Nobody had heard from Bear. I was trying to push the fact that Bear was, in my eyes, just about a disabled person. He couldn't walk. He couldn't drive. When his health was not well, he was very dependent on his mother. Somebody had to pick him up. Somebody had to take him somewhere. Detective Mark Barber is assigned to the case. We went into the house to rule out any signs of foul play. So we photographed the entire exterior, interior, and then used an alternate light source to see if there was any signs of a crime scene. We looked at the entire house, searched everywhere, and nothing showed a struggle or that anything had happened there. Bear's TV was missing, which was strange. His sheets off his bed were missing. His safe was open and his money was gone, which we believed was strange. He was much too weak and with his injuries to carry this large TV by himself. So we believe when Bear left that night that somebody else was with him. The bedroom is processed for fingerprints. Because Bear had so many people coming in his house, there were a lot of fingerprints in the residence that could be explained. So fingerprint evidence in that house was not a huge thing to rely on for us. With no physical evidence at the house to work from, police begin to interview Bear's family, friends, and roommates. All of Bear's roommates and people that stayed there were all of around the same age, um, all male. But there was truly two full-time roommates, and then there was two or three, sometimes up to five people that would flop there at night and sleep on the couch. Talking to and interviewing roommates and friends, they were giving us nothing. They said, oh, it's not unusual for him to go. He'll come back. Bear has had a history of getting depressed and has left his home before. Usually would go away to a friend's house or different places for a week or two and then return home. If he was leaving town, he would check in when he got there. He never wandered off. Everything he loves is here in El Cajon. So to just give that all up over an argument with mom about his health care doesn't seem logical. It just was not adding up. When they started realizing that this was more than just a gentleman that walked away, they had warrants written to be able to collect information such as his cell phone information, his bank account information, to see if there was any activity. And so that was a relief. All you can do is hope that they do take it seriously. We did search warrants on Bear's cell phone, and those records showed that that night at about 1.29, his phone had what they call a data dump. As he got close to a cell tower, the phone gets to a point where it has to download data. And that showed at that time that it was pinging off the tower that is on the Barona Reservation's casino. Approximately 29 minutes later, it did another data dump in the Santa Isabel area. Santa Isabel is a small, isolated town that serves as a gateway to the San Diego Mountains. It lies 40 miles northeast of Bear's home in El Cajon. There's a tower up there that covers like a 12-mile pie grid, and his phone was somewhere in that grid. This is a rural area. There's not a lot out there residential-wise. 
We don't know if he was with his phone. Common sense tells you yes, but you can't prove that. With very few clues to go on, Bear's cell phone pings are the only significant lead so far. So detectives decide to conduct a thorough search of the Santa Isabel area. So we drove out and tried to search that area on our own and had almost gotten stuck in my car. It was just too rugged. The problem is there's so many places back here to hide, go missing, or dump a body. I mean, there's, it's vast. Mountain lions, bobcats, and coyotes, if someone, let's say, dies out here, the animal activity is pretty voracious and they can move the body and move it around and spread it all out. We are lucky to have the San Diego County SDPD's fire helicopters to assist us. And so they flew out two helicopters for a 10-man search team. And then they searched approximately a one-mile circle at the top of this mountain. And there was not even signs that people had ever been up there. The search resulted in nothing. Frustrated by the lack of progress, Leilani and the rest of Bear's family and friends continue their own search for information when they suddenly come across another missing person case that stops them in their tracks. The day after Bear went missing, another young man had gone missing. He was 20 years old. He lived in an area that was only about 20 minutes from where Bear lived. Some of the similarities between Skylar Peterson Tosic and Bear are undeniable. Skylar stands at about 5'11". He probably weighs 120. Very lean built, young man. Bear, he only weighed 110 pounds. This immediately raises the question, is it possible their disappearances are linked? Elijah Bear Diaz has been missing from his home in El Cajon, California, for more than a week. His mother, Leilani, is doing her best to spread the news of Bear's unexplained disappearance and has managed to attract some local media attention. He was taken away from his home. That's all we do know. Another mother, who lives 30 miles north, can't believe what she's seeing. I was watching the news, which I avidly do. I noticed that there was another young boy that went missing who looks similar to my son. His hair, everything, facial features. On August 30th, 2015, the day after Bear went missing, so too did Olivia's son, 20-year-old Skylar Peterson Tosic. Before his disappearance, Skylar had just returned from spending two nights in the San Pasqual Valley. He told my mother I was up hiking in these hills or mountains. I'm having fun with my buddies from Palomar, Thaddeus and Eli. I did not know who Thaddeus and Eli were, but I thought, okay, my son's 20 years old. I'm not gonna ask who these people are. In recent years, Skylar had lost contact with many of his childhood friends. As a kid, he had a lot of friends. He met some kids in school and they formed a band and honestly, within six months, these kids were playing shows. As Sky got a little bit older, he switched schools. And the band broke up, which means that he didn't really socialize with a lot of people. Skylar's mom, Olivia, was pleased that her son had made some new friends and wanted to hear all about his adventure. 
Skylar had a bite to eat with my mother, his grandmother, and my boyfriend. And I came waltzing in the door. I said, give me just a minute, I'm gonna come back and talk to you. And when I came back out of my room, my son had taken off, he was gone. I was kind of shocked that he just took off without saying goodbye. So then I texted Sky to try to figure out where the heck he had disappeared to. He didn't text me till around 8 o'clock p.m. that evening. Skyler said he was with his new friends Thaddeus and Eli again. The text was very odd. It said, there were two girls here now also. They're rich and they're offering me some travel time or vacations on them. They have passports and they are connected. I couldn't believe the text I was reading. Skyler had never had a passport. He said that he's independent. He said he was going to go with them. That it was spiritual fun, no drugs, Mom. They want to go to, and then it stops. It doesn't say where. I must have sent over 100 texts to him. Please call me now. These people are brainwashing you. You have to call me. My son never texted me back or called. He wouldn't call me. That's not like him led me to believe that maybe some religious group had taken my son, maybe even a cult. Olivia decided to call the police. One officer took down a police report and has said that there's really not much they can do because he's over 18 years old and people can leave, come and go as they please. Things like this are typical, and I go, well, not for me, they're not typical. Desperate for answers, Olivia began to search for her son. She discovered that Skyler left their home in Escondido in an Uber. My son apparently was dropped off at a stop sign just past the San Pasquale Academy off the 78 highway. This location is only a 30-minute drive to the east of Santa Isabel, where the phone of the other missing young man, Bear Diaz, was last traced. I didn't know that my son might do this and take off. But he went to my boyfriend, asked for a flashlight. He asked my mother for a roll of toilet paper. He also took his toothbrush, toothpaste, his cell phone, and charger. But he left his wallet, his ID, his bank card at home. I reached out to some of his close friends, which we've only had just a very, very few of them. Nobody knew anything of his whereabouts. They didn't know that he had new friends or not. So I got on my computer and my phone in the other hand. And I started Googling Thaddeus and Eli. My gut feeling about these names, Thaddeus and Eli, was very unusual. When Olivia saw the news report about Bear, she was struck by more than just his physical resemblance to her son. Since Bear's first name is Elijah, could he be the Eli she is looking for? And I go, wow, my son disappeared with a Thaddeus and an Eli. Maybe there's a connection. So I call the police department down there in El Cajon. On the surface, the cases look similar. Height, weight, both like to play music, and both went missing around the same time. And that together could be very suspicious. And the two moms can't help but feel united in their plight. I have spoken with Olivia, her son went missing, and she is in the same boat as I am. 
When you meet somebody else that's going through it, it's very comforting because we both already know what we're feeling. Neither of us had ever experienced a missing person and have been learning since day one what we could do. The women start to exchange information. It's good to know that we're not alone and we could talk about how to help each other out. As each day passes in El Cajon with no sign of bear, his family and friends step up their search efforts throughout Southern California. He was sick. Sometimes he would just lay there all day and then be up all night. He had to get his insulin. That's how serious it was. Within the first couple of weeks of Bear being missing, some friends and I started to organize public searches. Bear's biological father, Stephen Diaz, lives 100 miles north in Corona. Bear's father was very active in searching in the area that we used to live in. There was reported sightings of a man that looked like it could be my son. So my ex-husband had taken it upon himself to follow up on those leads, and he did the best he could to try to locate our son. But these sightings proved to be yet another false hope. Then, on October 17, 2015, local news reports the discovery of an unidentified body at Lake Hodges, which sits between El Cajon and Escondido, the hometowns of the missing young men. Both mothers are on high alert. I immediately start getting messages from the public asking if it's Bear. I was with my private eye advocate, and we were in the car looking for Skylar. She goes, we're going to go to this lake because we got to see what's going on here. And I was just terrified. I was praying to God, please don't let it be Skylar. Please, please. More than two months have passed since Elijah Bear Diaz and Skylar Peterson Tosic went missing in Southern California. For their mothers, every day is an excruciating waiting game for news of their sons. It's kind of like going through the twilight zone, to be honest with you. There were no clues left when Bear went missing, so we have to go through things one step at a time. When partial remains of a body are found on October 17, 2015, in the Lake Hodges area, Leilani and Olivia prepare themselves for the release of the autopsy results from the San Diego Medical Examiner. When remains are found, dental x-rays are taken, and DNA is collected, and that's how they identify people. It can be a short process, it can be a long process. In this case, the Lake Hodges remains that were recovered, that was pretty quick because it was female. And once that comes out, I know the remains found at Lake Hodges aren't tied to either Bear or Skylar. This news brings some temporary relief to both mothers. Police also suspect that any similarities between Bear and Skylar's missing person cases are merely coincidental. My son was taken from his home. Skylar's case, he had called an Uber and had been asked to be taken to a certain location, and that's where he was no longer seen from. They didn't think there was a connection at all. There was two different forms of disappearances. But the lack of a link does nothing to slow down either mother's quest to find her son. 
Leilani and her friends continue to organize numerous local searches in El Cajon, galvanizing a team of volunteers. We let them know you're looking for maybe a backpack, a set of crutches, the blankets. Go door to door, knock and ask if anybody saw anything. But when nothing of any significance is found in El Cajon, they decide to expand their search area. This is Bear's residence right here in El Cajon. And the first dump from a cell phone was here on Verona Road. And then again in Santa Isabel at 153. We're hoping to find at least anything tangible, his comfort or his sheets that he was taken away with. We talked to the sheriffs and the rangers and they were giving us information. Maybe go check over in that area. We usually find debris of some sort over there. We continued searching up into the hills. During their searches, Leilani and her team also keep up to date on the status of Olivia's son, Skylar. We have searched areas that her son went missing from. We try to keep an eye open for anything possible that might be related to anybody, anything. We may not find any information on my son, but what if we found something for somebody else to bring closure to that family? During almost each one of those searches, somebody in the group will say, you're looking for a needle in the haystack. All I keep thinking is we probably are, but there's still a needle in there, and we're going to find it. Yeah, that's kind of our mission at this point, and we're not going to stop. In November 2015, three months after Bear's disappearance, Leilani obtains what's known as conservatorship of his house in El Cajon. When Bear went missing, he had roommates, and I legally couldn't ask them to leave until I had gone through the court process of becoming the conservator of his estate. The house is now in daily use as their search and rescue headquarters, a place where friends and family can gather together to brainstorm new ideas and ways to locate Bear. We're just constantly trying to think of what's another thing we can do to offer the public just to keep his name fresh on their minds. I was approached by a woman about a billboard, but I was afraid of the cost. People over at the Barona Casino said that everything was being donated. Bear's billboard went up in January. You can't miss it, it was huge. That was a big help. I mean, there's people that drive by that all the time. I was told it would be up for only 30 days. His billboard was up for six months. But even the daily exposure to thousands of motorists fails to bring any useful information to light. Ten days shy of the first anniversary of Bear's disappearance, family and friends gather together at the beach in La Jolla Shores to celebrate his 21st birthday. It's where he learned how to surf. It's where we hung out. It's where we would walk under the moonlight to help him relax. Leilani makes a public announcement to the local press to inform them of the gathering. We wanted to let the public know that we're still searching. Somebody you spend every day with is all of a sudden not there. You don't know where he went. You don't know what happened. Tragically, another member of Bear's family is absent from the celebration. Bear's father, Stephen Diaz, died unexpectedly of a heart attack in May 2016 nine months after his son disappeared. Despite the lack of evidence, 
Bear's case remains open and under investigation. Bear had a pretty good life for a 20-year-old male. I mean, he had a steady income. He already owned a home. He had a good family that cares for him. I hope Bear's still alive, but I know that there are several indications that point to in the possibility of him not being alive. There's been no activity on his phones, on his banks, his picking up his check, nothing. Bear left that night either with someone or against his will with someone. Someone helped him leave that house or forced him to leave that house. They know where he is. It's just finding those people and getting them comfortable enough to talk to us and tell us where he went. Everybody cares about what happened to Bear, and we will continue to investigate this every day until we find him. Leilani Thompson and Olivia Tosic remain steadfast in their determination to solve the mysteries of their missing sons. From what we know, the most likely theory of where we believe Skylar might be leads to something spiritual, like a religious group or a cult of some sort. I still have a strong feeling that my son is out there somewhere and that he is alive. For Leilani, the fate of her son Bear is less clear. At this point, a little more than a year since Bear's been missing, I just would like to have closure. Whether we just have somebody speak what they know or we find him, that would bring closure to the whole thing. I can't sit in the past and think about things that were. I can't sit idle and not move forward. I believe that I need to do whatever I can to find peace within myself. If you have any information about Elijah Bear Diaz or his disappearance, please contact the El Cajon Police Department at 619-441-5530. Or if you have any information about Skylar Peterson Tosic, please contact the Escondido Police Department at 760-743-8477. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50% to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.